You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Here's the here's the main word this morning. It's in Psalm 91. We're going to read all of it. I'm reading out of the ESV. Uh, English Standard Version, that's just the version, somebody, somebody, my wife gave me this Bible when we were dating, and that's just, it's just what I got, it's still what I use, I don't know why I use it, I got asked that question, what's my opinion on the version that I use, and it's just words on a page, so anyways, if yours is different, it's going to be up there on the screen, Psalm 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. The Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For He will command His angels concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because He he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver Him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The, the Lord has had me in this, this passage because of this one word. I've, I shared it with Jay and, and the worship team. We've talked about it uh, throughout the week. But this, this phrase, you cannot go in public where you've not first been in private. You, can't, you cannot go, and even in here, you cannot go to places in here where you have not first been in your private life. Does that make sense? You cannot go in public where you've not first been in private. You cannot lead those around you into places that you have not gone first. Verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Abide, that, that word, and we can look at John 15, but we need to understand that Psalm 91 is a precursor to John 15. You can't have John 15 if you do not first have Psalm 91. And I'm going to explain that this morning. But John 15 is the abiding passage. It's Jesus talking to his disciples, talking about abiding. And abiding means to remain in, to remain in the Father. Abiding is to remain in, but how can we remain in Him out there? How can we remain in Him outside in the world, in our day-to-day life, in our, in our workplace, in our, uh, just in our travel, in our, our different things that we do? How can we remain in Him out there? 
If we do not remain in him in our hearts, minds, and in the places that no one sees. All of the victory that we desire to see in sundown Texas. This has just been pressed heavily upon me uh, this week. All of the victory that we desire to see, all the hopes, all the dreams, all the vision that the Lord has released to us of things that He desires to do in our community. The, the, and the, one of the main ones that you all know this because I say it all the time, that sundown would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country. That victory, because that, that is victory, right? That is a victorious thing that people would come into sundown Texas and it would look foreign to them because it does not look like any city they've ever been in. Not because of the buildings, the roads, but because of what rests here and that is the kingdom of heaven. That victory that we desire to see in this city will not happen out there because we just simply desire to see it out there. It has to be born somewhere first. It has to be born in me first. Because that is not where victory originates. Victory does not originate in the place that it's needed. It originates before. And it goes into it. Because if, it, if, if victory is only found in the place where it's needed, then that means that there's a fight and you might lose. You might not have victory. It's to be decided. But if victory is predetermined somewhere else, that anywhere I step, I already have victory. You hear what I'm saying? Does that make sense? The train of thought. Look at this. This is easier with an example, but the miraculous. A miracle. So oftentimes we think the miracle exists in the place where a miracle is needed. When we, when we look at Jesus, when we look at, let's, let's not even look at Jesus, let's look at Peter and John. Let's look at their walk into the temple and they come across uh, the lame man in, Act, in Acts 2 at the, at the gates. And he asked for coin and I, I don't have any silver or coin for you, but what I do have I give to you freely in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Done deal. Did that miracle originate in that place, in that conversation? That's where it was needed, yes? That is not where it originated. That's not where the miraculous originates. We can see this so clearly with Jesus. It does not originate in the moment a miracle is needed. It is a fruit of a tree that is planted in secret. A dwelling no one lives in but you and the Lord. And what we're talking about this morning is the secret place. And it is out of that place the power to change the world flows. Matthew 10 Verse 26 says, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven. 
But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And the main thing that I want us to see is in verse 27. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Church, and the rest was just a reminder for us to listen and just receive how He loves us, how He loves you and knows you. We, but we have this gift and we look at this gift we, we, and we quote that. I've heard that quoted my entire life, that he knows the, the, the hairs on your head or, or the lack thereof. He, he, count, he counts our faces, our beard hairs now, right? He knows those. I wish, I wish he had told me, give me a heads up. But he knows the, the hairs on our head. And we're, always, we're always so just enthralled and just amazed by that. Oh, he knows me. He knows me. He knows me. But the gift, the real gift is not that he knows you. That is a gift. Don't get me wrong. That is a beautiful thing. But it's not that he knows you. It's that you can know him. Have we ever asked that question? How many hairs on his head? You can know him to that extent. You can know the deepest, most secret parts of him. Just as he knows yours. What in you does the Lord not know about you? Is there anything? No, we try. We, we think we're real crafty and clever at hiding from the Lord. But you can't hide from someone that's closer to you than your breath. You can't see your breath. And he's closer to you than that. But to flip it and to really understand that the gift now, because that's been the reality from the beginning of time. He's known everyone. He's known the number of hairs on their head. He's known their hopes. He's known their dreams. He's known their, their mistakes. He's known everything about them. He's known the secret things, the secret dreams, the secret hopes, the secret things that they desire. He's known all of those since the dawn of time, since before you drew your first breath. He knew everything there was to know about you. The gift found within the new covenant is that now I can enter into that place and know Him as well. I can know Him deeply and profoundly. He knows you. He loves you. And what a gift we have that we can enter in to know Him well as well. To know Him. Jesus was baptized. He receives the Holy Spirit. And what's the first thing that Jesus does? The first thing, church, after He receives the Holy Spirit, and the Lord publicly adopts him. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. What is the first thing he does? Who knows it? What's the first thing Jesus does after his baptism? Thank you. Come on, guys. You know it. It's not, it's not a trick question. I'm not trying to stump you. I'm not trying to make you scared. It's a safe place. Okay? He enters the wilderness. The first thing that Jesus does is he establishes the secret place. And over and over throughout Scripture in the story of Jesus, he withdraws into a secret place. And then profound things happen as a result. Let's just look at it really quick. He establishes the secret place in Matthew 4. He goes into that wilderness, he's tempted in the wilderness. 
He's establishing these things. He's with the Father in a deep place. And no one's witness to this. They hear testimony of it. No one's there. No one knows. They just know He's gone for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And then what comes after? Sermon on the Mount comes after. Where He lays out. He lays out the new covenant before us. He lays out the, the, what... He, he, he just shows us the roadmap of things that He is going to, the law that He's going to remove and the freedom of the Spirit of God that He's going to establish, the forgiveness of sins through the sacrificial lamb. He lays that out, Sermon on the Mount. And then He cleanses lepers. And then He saves the servant of a Roman centurion. Then He heals many more. Then He calms the storm. Then He calls a man into His destiny, Matthew, a tax collector who's hated by the Jews, and He calls him higher. He calls him into a new place. He elevates him. He rises into glory as a disciple of God. And we're reading out of this book the testimony that Matthew recorded. Then He heals two more blind men. Then He heals a mute man. And then He sends out the twelve to begin to do this for themselves, to begin to show them what it is to be the hands and feet of the kingdom of heaven and of the body of Christ, He shows them this, and that's chapter 4 to chapter 10 of Matthew. He withdrew to the secret place. He established it. He invested. He had relationship, deep relationship that no one saw. But what they did see was the fruit that came from that place. And that's what I'm saying, going back to the to earlier, the miraculous doesn't happen in a moment where the miracle is needed. It's released in the secret place. It's encountered, it's experienced in the secret place. And then we get to experience the fruit, the public, those outside of it, those outside of that secret place. And that includes your family. My secret place, no one else is there. That's me and the Lord, period. That's it. And they have their own. Sarah has her own secret place. That's not mine to go into. And then we have, we have experience with the Lord together, but it is so crucial for the believer to, to establish a dwelling within the secret place, to build a home within the secret place. Think of a tree. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Shared it during our fellowship time, which has just been wonderful. If you can make it to that, please come to it. It's just been, it's been so wonderful to just hear the depth of people's hearts and what the Lord is doing. But an apple tree, what gets the glory? The fruit does, right? The fruit gets the glory. But it is what is hidden, what is not seen, that is the true source of fruit. It's the roots deep in the earth where no, no one sees no one sees that, that, that the heart root, this main thing that just goes straight down till it, dis, till it finds and discovers life. A secret place, secret life. No one's aware of, right? There's, there's those in the oil field, you know this. There's, there's so much water beneath our feet that none of us see. So much life beneath our feet. That's that tree that, that digs and digs and digs and digs, its roots go deeper and deeper till it finds what? finds the water. In Psalm 1, a, pl- a, a man that, that meditates on the Lord's law day and night, he's like a stream. He's like a, a tree planted by streams of living water. Those roots are deep underneath that river. 
deep underneath that stream of living water. They're not seen. But they're deep into it. They're firmly, firmly rooted in what brings life. And because they are firmly rooted in what brings life in a place that no one sees, there's fruit for all to see. But you can't expect fruit to grow on the surface if there's nothing underneath. And I'm not saying that, that there's nothing underneath. I don't, I, I feel like that could be taken the wrong way. But what I mean by that is that if there's no secret place, if you do not dwell in the presence of the Almighty, the Most High, in a place that is established for you and Him and you and Him alone, the fruit cannot come. Because the fruit can only come when the root is established in the secret place. And the secret dwelling. We can't even, church, we can't even abide. Because what does it say? He who dwells, he who dwells in the Almighty will abide. You cannot remain in Him if you do not have a secret place that is just you and Him. Abiding, to remain in Him, to remain in that requires a secret place. Because it's really easy to remain in Him here in this moment. It's harder to remain in Him out there. Right? We, we get, and it's not, it's not that we're not choosing Him, that we don't like Him or that we're embarrassed by Him. That's not what I'm getting at. But we have lives and there's craziness. We've all been here for a while. Sundown, Texas, you know it's coming. Springtime. When basketball season starts... Sundown Texas just turns the dial on insanity and chaos. Like it just cranks it up. Because there's like five, I think there's like average of like 300 games a week. Um, And then tournaments. And then we have all this extracurricular stuff. And then they have to go to school and do homework. Um, And that's not, that's just the fun part. It's not even like the work part. And it, but that's Sundown Texas and, and, I remember when I got here, it's like, oh, this just must be basketball season. But no, basketball season is just the welcome mat for for chaos that comes in the spring um, in Sundown, Texas. So all all I'm saying is that we, we come into these moments and life starts happening so quick. And what do we end up forgetting to step into? The secret place. We don't mean to step out of it, but we step out of it. In the, in the chaos of our day, we compartmentalize and we just focus on what we have right in front of us and we've not invited Jesus into that place. And so, how many of you have ever felt distant from the Lord? Every one of us. If you haven't felt distant from the Lord, please come talk to me because you need to preach. Okay? Like you need, there's a word in you that needs to be heard. We've all felt that. But it's not that we're distant from the Lord because He says He will never leave us nor forsake us. He makes that promise. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But what it is, is our heart is is needing that secret place. And we, we have grown distant from that intimacy with the Lord. He's not left us, but we have we have neglected our relationship with him. Uh, it, this is this is something that I experience um, just anytime Sarah and I go out of town, right? Anytime we're separated from one another, I feel a greater need for more time with Sarah, right? 
Like any, if you're married, you understand this. You, you get this concept. If you spend that time apart from your person, it, when you come in there, you just, I need a double portion. I need more. I, need, I really need time with this person. Your heart desires that intimacy. It desires that relationship. It desires that place of closeness. Because you're made for it. You are made for the secret place. You're made. Jesus came. He died upon the cross. And we, we talk about this all the time. Not to get you into heaven, but to get heaven into you. But the real thing is that He sought to establish the intimacy that was found in the garden before the fall of man. Where God walked amongst them. He wants, he wants to walk amongst you. Just you. Just you. When was the last time you and the Lord just took a walk? Maybe literally, but it doesn't have to be. When was the last time it was just you and Him? And you established that intimacy, that deep intimacy that is necessary. We see Jesus do this. And then the fruit that comes after is profound. We're quick to look at the works and forget the main question of where did that work actually begin? Church, it begins in the secret place. We must go there. We must press in. Read the scriptures. This is Jesus in print. If you feel distant from him, you feel like you can't hear his voice, just read this. Read it over and over and over and over. If you have a question, you feel like the Lord won't answer, read the scripture until you have your answer. You won't walk away less than. You'll walk away fuller. You'll walk away encouraged. You'll walk away enlightened. You'll walk away with understanding, clarity, peace, gratitude, joy. Spend time in this. We neglect this. I've neglected this. It's so easy to do as a pastor. I'm telling you, it's so easy to do because I've got to teach multiple times a week. But that can't be my time with the Lord is preparing a lesson for you. That can't be it. That can't be it. I can't just simply be a spokesperson for him. That, I can't be the mouthpiece. That can't be it. That can't be all, all that there is. We have got to invest in this. And this word, again, it's Jesus in print. If you don't feel like you know him, if you have questions, if you have concerns, if you feel distant from him, just stop. Open a page and begin to read it. If you have questions and you're not getting the answer, read it until you have your answer. Just read it. Just be before the Lord because what this does is it positions us before Him. It positions us and allows us to enter into the secret place. It is an automatic way to increase your relationship with Him. Read the Word. Fall in love with it. And find your secret place. Church, as, as I, was, I was praying last night, I've had this, I've had Psalm 91, and for a lot of the week, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to read Psalm 91 and say, you can't go in public where you've not first been in private, and that's going to be the lesson. I just, I just don't, there's just not a, a need to dress this up or add anything to it. That's the word that the Lord has, but He spoke last night as I sat on my, at my dining room table, and I'm just reading, reading the scriptures and he says that everything you're waiting for, everything you're waiting for is waiting for you there. All the blessing, all the provision, all the unanswered questions, all of those things are waiting for you in the secret place. Not out here, in there. 
He desires that relation. He doesn't want to answer you in this public sphere. He wants to answer you one-on-one. One-on-one. We, Sarah and I have entered into this time where we've got to try to figure out as parents how to, how to not only balance family time, but to also make sure that we're spending time with our kids one-on-one. Right? That's hard to do because you don't want to leave one out. But it's so important. And like Liam especially for the oldest. And I remember feeling this as well as a kid. And Sarah, I know Sarah remembers it too. We're both the oldest, so we understand Liam pretty clearly. But for so long, it was just him and us. That was it. And then he had a brother, and then he had a sister, and he's the oldest, and so what does he automatically step into? Parent number three. Like, help us out. Anything that we need help with in any moment and it's a lot of moments, Liam's the first name that we call. So he becomes this kind of workhorse. And if we don't enter into that time where it's just him and us, the things that we're asking him to do, it, it, it turns into bitterness, it turns into anger, it turns into just turmoil, it turns into a negative thing, this work that we desire for him to step into. And the lessons that we desire for him to learn will be missed because the intimacy is not there and that's what's necessary in order to receive what he's doing out here. We've got to have intimacy with the Lord. We've got to enter the secret place, the dwelling place. I want us to look at Psalm 91 again. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Listen, that first verse is the action. He who does this, it's not even the first, it's the first half of this verse. verse. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, he who pursues, he who builds a dwelling, in the secret place that is for him and the Lord and him and the Lord alone. Out of that place, you will remain in the shadow of the Almighty. Out of that place, you will say that the Lord, you will believe in your heart that he is your refuge and your fortress, your God in whom you trust. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent will trample underfoot. Because He holds fast to me in love, I will deliver Him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. All of that, the second part of verse 1, all the way down to verse 16, is the fruit of dwelling in the presence of the Most High. 
not publicly, privately. When you establish that place in your personal life, when you establish that, when you grow and you invest your time in the secret place, in your personal relationship with the Lord, where no one sees, what no one knows, what no one can understand, and no one needs to know. It doesn't need to be for anybody's ears, anybody's eyes. It needs to be yours and yours alone. When you establish that, when you choose that, when you invest in that, Everything that came after verse 1 is a fruit that you will find yourself in because you just simply invested in the secret place. Church, everything you're looking for, everything you're waiting for, is waiting for you there. So what are we waiting on? Step into the secret place. Allow Him to... to, to do all the things He desires to do for you in that place. He desires for these things, everything that we read in Psalm 91, He desires to do that for us, to be that for us. But we've got to step into that secret place that we can experience the testimony and the fruit. We've talked about this on Wednesday nights, just the importance of the gifts of the Spirit and and understanding what they are because so much of stewarding them is understanding them. And what I come back to every single lesson, and I sound like a broken record on Wednesday nights because it always ends in the same place. If you desire to see these things, pursue relationship. The miraculous, the prophetic, the healing, words of knowledge, all of those things are found in the secret place not outside of it, not in the moment that they're needed. They're found there so that when we go to the moment where it's needed, we have it. We've carried it with us from that secret place. Invest in that. Pursue that with all of your heart. Guard that. One of the greatest lessons I had, and then I'll be done, the greatest lessons that Kendall McDonald ever taught me was guard your time. And he was specifically talking about that with my family. And I understand that because ministry can very, very quickly consume every single waking moment of your life. Every single waking moment. Ministry can consume all of it. So I have to guard my time to make sure that I have time with my kids, my time with my wife, that that we're going out on dates, that we're spending time with one another, that the kids and I are doing activities together and having fun and making new memories. All of that is very important. But the thing that we will give up so quickly is we will not protect our time in the secret place. Protect that with your life. Because that is where life is found. It's found where no one sees, what no one knows. I don't know what these trees see underground, but I do know that they've seen and they have rooted themselves in what brings life. So people don't have to understand what that time looks like. They don't have to see it. They don't have to know it, what that time looks like for you because they will experience and be blessed by the fruit that comes from you investing in the things that are unseen in a place that is unseen by everyone but the Lord. Invest in that place, guard that place, pursue that place, protect and make sure that you are always leaving yourself enough time to go there. And what you'll find is that you never leave there. You bring that place with you everywhere 
But first you've got to build it. First you've got to establish it. First you have to grow in it. So I encourage you to pursue that place. Invest in that place. You're made for it. And I'm telling you right now, we have the answer key. We cannot do the life that the Lord has called us, to, called us into without that place in our story. The secret place. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the Almighty. You will remain in Him if you dwell in the secret place. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.